Looking forward to this next discussion. This is uh, this is going to be interesting, and it's something that I know is on the minds of a lot of our listeners. We talked about it last week when we were dealing with Canada's, quote, moral obligation to rescue Afghan nationals who had served alongside our troops in that country during, well, several years of war. Most agree that we have this debt that we need to repay because their lives are at risk as the Taliban is returned and is taking over territory and re-exerting their influence and making it very clear they will kill anybody who served with the foreign forces during the conflict. So the question that came out naturally from that for a lot of people is, well, what was it all for then? 20 years of fighting only to leave and watch things return to what to a lot of people seems like what it was before. What was the point of it all? So let's get some clarity around that. We've got a guy who probably knows more about this than anybody else we could reach out to. Chris Alexander was Canada's ambassador to Afghanistan. He was the UN Deputy Special Representative of the Secretary General for Afghanistan. He was Canada's Minister of Citizenship and Immigration. He also wrote a book called The Long Way Back, Afghanistan's Quest for Peace. He also wrote a piece this spring talking about Afghanistan's proxy war with Pakistan and how to end that. Mr. Alexander, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Shay. It's a pleasure to be with you. So many people asking this question, okay, well, what was this all for if, if we're reverting back to where we were? First of all, is that a fair assessment? Just give us your take on what we're seeing happening in Afghanistan now that we know, well, the U.S. is leaving by the end of the summer. Yeah, um, there, there is a danger that things revert to the way they were, um, that the Taliban fight their way back into power. Uh, and if, you know, as they continue to be opposed by the government, uh, the, their path back to power could be paved with a civil war, mm-hmm. um, which would be the worst possible result. It's, you know, the worst form of war, uh, that, as we know from all the lessons of history. And it's the period of Afghanistan's history that is uh, most bitterly remembered in the 1990s as the Taliban were coming to power. So no one wants to see that. What was the plan? Well, we and NATO allies, especially the U.S., fought the Taliban, uh, were engaged in combat for about 10 years. Then we spent several years, the U.S. and our other allies spent more years, training Afghan forces to do the fighting. And and they have been doing that uh, exclusively since 2014. The question, and and all through that time, after we stopped fighting, there have been peace talks on a growing scale with the Taliban. The objective was to have the Afghan government fight well enough to force the Taliban to the negotiating table to end up with a peace deal, ceasefire and a peace deal. That has not happened. And yet Joe Biden wants to pull out anyway. So the, the question is, why are the Taliban still fighting? Mm-hmm. Why haven't they uh, come to terms? My argument, which I think most Afghans will endorse, and an increasing number of international observers agree with, is that we're not, we haven't been fighting the Taliban. The Afghans haven't been fighting just this group called the Taliban. The Taliban are a proxy force, an armed group, funded, equipped, trained, financed from Pakistan by Pakistan's military. And so essentially... Pakistan is trying to take over Afghanistan using proxies in the same way that Vladimir Putin invaded uh, Ukraine in 2014 and at first denied his troops are there. So we need to we need to bring Pakistan to book. And we do that through sanctions and political pressure. The the move to do that is just beginning. 
but believe me, it's gain, it's gaining traction, gaining momentum, gaining interest. And we have to, as Canadians, I think, speak up for this uh, perspective because we don't leave jobs half finished. We don't want to. Well, yeah. Uh, the place to go back to the way it was. We don't want all of our investments, lives sacrificed to go for nothing. Uh, and it's not more fighting that we need to engage in. It's political effort to call out Pakistan's bad behavior. Countries should not be in- invading other countries in this day and age, whether through proxies or otherwise. So basically we're talking about a proxy war that's been, been going on for, well, how long? I mean, I mean, Pakistan well, and Afghanistan, it, it goes back before the Taliban even, right? It does. I, I mean, there, there are two larger perspectives to this. First, Pakistan has been doing it for over 40 years, and they have gotten away with it so far, partly because in the 1980s, as you'll recall, they were doing it with U.S. and Saudi support. You know, those were the days of the Mujahideen fighting right, the Soviet yes. occupation in Afghanistan. Basically, the U.S. and the Saudis stopped backing that effort, uh, but Pakistan continued. And since 2001, they've been fighting the whole world because ISAF was there, Canada was there with the U.N. mandate, with NATO and so forth. Uh, And, you know, long story short, let's just agree. A lot of people disagreed for the first 10 years, roughly, that Pakistan was still doing this, uh, even though some of us saw it quite clearly. Um, now there's very little disagreement. And and why is it so hard to end? Not just because of this 40-year war, but go back to the British legacy in India. Um, the Northwest Frontier was this legendary theater of operations for the whole British Empire, where the British fought three Anglo-Afghan wars in the 19th century. It was one of the most active fronts uh, for combat in 150 years of British history. So and and the British Raj in India uh, basically thought they had the right to interfere in Afghanistan whenever they wanted to. Pakistan, Pakistan's military anyway, still thinks they have that right. But in this day and age, is that kind of behavior appropriate? Neo-colonial, um, destructive behavior? Obviously not. Uh, and so I think it's down to countries like Canada and other democracies to call it out. Uh, at the United Nations and elsewhere, and, and to enact the sanctions that we know can have an impact, as they have had on Vladimir Putin when he tried to invade another country. Okay, now you mentioned Vladimir Putin, and you're talking about Western democracies coming together and putting sanctions on Pakistan to end this proxy war. I imagine geopolitically, in terms of the global scale, there's other you know um, players involved here, right? Where does China fit into this? Where does Russia mm-hmm. fit into this? I mean, they're always involved on the fringes somehow, aren't they? They are, um, and and not very helpful in the case of those two countries. I mean, I don't think China has really made up its mind. Uh, Russia certainly doesn't want the Taliban, but they also don't want U.S. forces in Afghanistan. So they've achieved part of their objective, but not the other half. Uh, bottom line, they're not going to be clear uh, partners on this, taking a position of principle. Uh, we, as democracies, U.S., Canada, and others, are sanctioning Russia and China today because of proxy wars or wars they're engaged in, Russia in Ukraine, China with its um, genocide going on in Mm -hmm. in East Turkestan, Xinjiang. The real question is, why aren't we doing the same thing with regard to Pakistan when, in fact, their behavior is even worse? It's not Russia that has been 
backing proxies that killed Canadian soldiers. It's actually Pakistan. And it's not China that's been doing that. It's actually Pakistan. Uh, and, you know, if we want to leave a legacy of peace and stability, we have to see that clearly uh, and act on it. There are many in Washington who think uh, this way, that there needs to be a big change in the Western relationship with Pakistan. I don't think Joe Biden has made up his mind completely, uh, but it would be good for Canada to be on the right side of that argument. So obviously time is of the essence here. The U.S. is on their way out. They're packing up and getting out of there already. Um, yeah. Are we seeing any of this kind of effort happening? Are there discussions taking place or are we just saying, hey, we got to do something here? I mean, where are we at in terms of stemming off there's a no, catastrophe? There's, there's no action at the U.N. yet. And that's really unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, the U.N. so far is just counting the number of victims, reporting that things are getting worse. Uh, but not taking a principled position. And they won't until some U.N. members um, you know, pave the way for that more principled discussion. But some good things are happening. Um, the U.S. is signaling that it's not abandoning Afghanistan. It's still using air power. It's still uh, to, to help Afghan forces. It's still and Canada as well, going to support the Afghan National Army as they face the Taliban. And most importantly, I think, in the last six months, we've seen the question start to be reframed. We were never going to get peace as long as we were just talking about negotiations with the Taliban or fighting the Taliban. Now people are seeing the Taliban as just a front for Pakistan's military. There was a demonstration inside Pakistan today of probably 100,000 people all calling for an end to proxy war hmm. uh, and for Pakistan to change its policy, to stop destroying. I mean, that's amazing. It's not getting any press outside of the country because if you cover that uh, event inside Pakistan, you will probably be thrown in jail or worse. <laughs> but um, people are starting to see that this is not, the Taliban can't be seen in isolation. And that is a big step forward. Sure. Uh, towards a solution. We just have to make sure more and more people get the message and eventually our politicians take action. Absolutely. Uh, and I appreciate you coming on the air with us this morning to do just that, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Chris Alexander, um, as I said, his resume uh, on this Afghanistan file is as good as it gets. Canada's ambassador to that country, the UN Deputy, Spe uh, Deputy Special Representatives of the Secret Secretary General for Afghanistan. So, uh, interesting, you know, the Taliban being propped up by Pakistan, and it's really another one of these proxy wars. You can talk about Yemen. I mean, they happen all over the place, right? And it's usually a much, much larger country using other forces in other countries to try and, and uh, you know, achieve their goals. Uh, and it's just such a perilous situation in Afghanistan right now. And Chris bringing a, a different perspective in terms of let's not focus on Afghanistan. Let's focus on where the real problem is, and that's Pakistan.